Welcome to Word on the Street, a weekly podcast from Barclays where our experts help ordinary investors make sense of the latest news and events impacting the world's financial markets. Hello and welcome back to another edition of Word on the Street. Wiz out of the hot seat this week and instead I'm joined by Luke Pierce, who is a multi-asset strategist within our investment team. We're going to be covering a range of topics we've been getting more and more questions on recently from clients. What's the outlook for US rate cuts? Are emerging market equities worth it? And why invest when cash rates are still so competitive? Before we get to that though, Luke, perhaps you can start with a brief market update. It seems like there's no stopping the rally in risk assets. Yes, that certainly seems to be the case. And actually, we're seeing markets across a variety of different asset classes uh, essentially acknowledge the much better growth and inflation mix that we've seen the last few months. So we have had uh, technical recessions in some developed market economies, but really the growth picture in the US in particular has been very, very resilient. So if you kind of go back to the October lows or local lows last year, we've seen stock markets rally around about 20% since then to pretty much all-time highs or in and around all-time highs. And then within that, we've seen the Japanese stock market. So the Nikkei that's finally broken through its all-time high, which was previously set back in 1989. Um, So we've seen a lot of push around corporate reforms, uh, which are designed to kind of unlock shareholder value. These have been kind of talked about for quite a long time. A lot of promises have been made, but investors seem to be kind of finally taking these pretty seriously. I do think there is a bit of a question just how much of a narrow economic outcome is currently being priced by markets at the moment. Arguably, there is quite a lot of good news already reflected in prices. But if there continues to be you know, that favorable mix of growth and inflation, we're seeing pretty decent earnings from the kind of large mega caps that dominate a lot of these equity indices. We obviously had NVIDIA uh, yesterday night after the close. I don't see any reason necessarily, or at least an immediate catalyst, why markets can't continue rising from here. Okay, great. So alongside that more kind of favourable macro backdrop, we have seen a shift in rhetoric from central banks in recent weeks. Yesterday, we had the latest set of Federal Reserve meeting minutes. Was there any interesting takeaways? And how are you and the team thinking about interest rates at the moment? Yes, good question. So uh, the debate about interest rates in the US and frankly, the UK and Europe as well, it's not really about whether rate cuts are coming or not, but more about when they should begin. Uh, and actually, investors earlier on in the year had thought there was a chance we could see the beginning of a cutting cycle as soon as March in the US. Uh, but this seems to have been pushed back a little bit to around June time following the batch of January data that we've had. And we've seen a little bit of pushback uh, from Fed officials uh, on as early as March as well. And actually, if you look to their own projections, the Fed is, uh, they see about three cuts in 2024. The market is pricing in about four. But it is important to note that those projections are essentially conditional on their economic forecasts. So if we see economic conditions change, and obviously they will change as sort of data come in, you will see that those forecasts will also change. From our perspective, we think there's a reasonable chance that markets could price in more cuts from here. And just to be clear, it's not that we're super, super bearish or anything on the US economy or expecting you know any kind of hard landing or anything like that. But as I just mentioned, really current prices leave kind of very little room for any kind of disappointment wherever that might come from. Uh, and we also suspect that bond markets may have overreacted a little much to January data. So we've seen that yields are actually up around about 40 basis points year to date. 
Now, the January date, it comes with a lot of weird kind of seasonal quirks, which I won't bore everyone with, but hopefully we'll get a bit more clarity um, with February's data. So switching gears a bit, China's economy is still struggling and the stock market there has underperformed significantly in the last year or so. China occupies a large chunk of broader emerging market equity indexes. Do they still deserve a place in portfolios or are they simply uninvestable at the moment? Yeah, another good question and one we're, we're receiving quite a lot at the moment. I, I think sentiment towards China is exceptionally bearish at the moment, You know, in part understandably so. The economy is going through what is proving to be quite a painful deleveraging process and this isn't something that gets solved overnight. We have seen some kind of piecemeal stimulus efforts from policymakers, so the kind of banning of short sale of stocks. We've seen loan rates for mortgages kind of marginally lowered. At the moment, I'd say it's difficult to envisage anything kind of meaningful coming from policymakers at any time soon. One point to make here is that we've already seen quite a large adjustment in valuations on China and kind of emerging market equities more, more broadly. So we've already seen quite steep discount relative to developed market peers. Now, valuations are a horrible tactical timing tool. They're a much better gauge of kind of longer term prospects. But we also try and track market implied growth prospects for kind of various major economies. And, and our China measure here is at quite depressed levels already. So that corroborates the kind of valuation discount that we're seeing as well. Again, particularly versus other major developed market economies as well. So to us, I would say a lot of the bad news is already reflected in China and China-sensitive assets. Now, that doesn't mean that there needs to be any kind of immediate recovery or anything like that, but we do still think there's a place for emerging market equities in portfolios. It's more a question about how much they should occupy. For us, it depends a little bit on the risk profile you're talking about, but generally speaking, the bulk of our equity allocation is made up of Developed market equities. So, thinking about the year ahead, there are plenty of known unknown risks on the horizon, ranging from geopolitical, economical, and more. Given all these potential risks, is now the right time to be invested in a multi asset portfolio? Yes, it's not difficult to kind of look around at the world right now and see a lot of different risks on the horizon. You have various regional conflicts, you've kind of got broader geopolitical risks, you've got a very busy election calendar this year. And these events can certainly impact financial markets in the short term. But in the long term, I strongly believe that your focus is much better spent on the real economy and productivity growth in particular. So if you believe that the world is becoming kind of more productive over time, and there are plenty of reasons to believe this to be the case. So Will has talked about this a lot on this podcast, and you know, us being in the middle of this fourth industrial revolution and the change that's coming there, then really you want to participate in that and you want to have some skin in the game. I think for a lot of investors, it makes sense to have exposure in a diversified way. So a lot of the winners and the beneficiaries of these changes aren't necessarily those that are kind of center to enabling them. So yes, there are a lot of things to worry about. Um, these risks are you know, unfortunately a part and parcel of investing. But I do think if you have a long enough time horizon and you have the tolerance and the capacity to take the investing risk, they shouldn't deter you from getting invested. Yeah. And what are the thoughts at the moment on cash? Obviously, at the moment, cash rates are still very competitive. And what would you say about investors locking in a deposit right now and kind of waiting for that investment fog to clear as a strategy? 
Yeah, again, another question we are receiving a lot at the moment. Um, the first point here is that the investing fog will never clear, uh, as I just kind mm. of alluded to. There, there will always be something to worry about. In terms of cash, so for some investors, cash might make sense. You know, investing isn't always right for everyone, either kind of emotionally or, or, or financially. For those, I think, where you have the option of investing in a multi-asset portfolio and you might be considering cash, I think there's at least a few points to consider. So first, as I just discussed, there is an opportunity cost here. So by investing in cash as opposed to a multi-asset portfolio, you're effectively foregoing any opportunity in participating in global growth and productivity prospects. And over the long term, that opportunity cost can be huge. It can be enormous. The second point um, to make is if you just invest in cash and that's what your asset allocation looks like, you're also exposed to huge reinvestment risk. So let's say for argument's sake that you're able to lock in, say, a 5% rate for the next year now. Assuming that your investing time horizon is longer than one year, you run the risk of not being able to reinvest at that same rate next year. And to us, as I talked about earlier, uh, it's looking increasingly likely that cash rates will come down in that time. The kind of extent to which is a source of a lot of debate at the moment, but that definitely needs to be factored in that reinvestment risk. And then the final point I'd make here is that holding just a portfolio of cash or even short-term bonds, that in my mind is quite a large implicit bet on one very specific economic outcome. So you're essentially betting on disinflation with a material economic downturn too. I think as we've seen in the last few years in particular, you really don't want to have your portfolio geared to one economic outcome. We as a team spend a lot of time coming up with, you know, a sensible range of estimates for kind of long-term returns for our portfolios, but it's impossible to predict the path of those returns. You know, what we were talking about earlier, the, the stock market rally off the lows from October last year, there weren't many people expecting that kind of rally across markets that we've seen. So really what you want to do is spend as much time invested as you can and do your best to kind of tune out the noise again, as best as you can. Yeah, that's understood. And thanks so much there, Luke, for all of your insights, as always. And thanks, everyone else, for listening to this week's edition of Word on the Street. And we look forward to seeing you next week. All investments can fall as well as rise in value, and their past performance is not a reliable indicator of future performance. This podcast is not a personal investment recommendation.